Well, good morning and uh, happy Easter to you all. It's great to see you all here. Um, my name is Mark. I'm one of the pastors of the church here, and you're really welcome. It's great to see so many visitors here on this special Easter Sunday, and uh, obviously lots of family and friends visiting as well. So you're very welcome here today. But uh, as we gather together to worship our risen Saviour this morning, let's stand with the band and we'll sing Thine Be the Glory. Thank you. Please just stay standing. We're going to come to God in prayer. If you uh, want to, then you can just uh, pray with me. Loving Father, we thank you and praise you for this special day where we celebrate that you are the risen Saviour. We thank you that the grave could not hold you, that death was not the end. And we praise you that we worship today a living God. We pray for other gospel churches in this country and all over the world that are celebrating with us today and we stand with them in unity. And we thank you that we share a common faith and trust in the Lord Jesus. We thank you too for the holiday club that we will all be involved with next week. And we thank you for the many children who will come into our care through the week and have great fun together and learn more about you. And we pray for your richest blessing on all those who will be leading and teaching. In a moment of quiet too, we also remember the 148 victims who died in the attacks at Garissa University in Kenya. And coming before God today, I'm sure many of us in our hearts recognize that we've not loved God with all of our hearts. And so just in these short statements, when I say, Lord God, if you feel you're able to, then you could respond, please forgive me. Loving Father, when we've not loved you with all our heart, Lord God, please forgive me. Loving Father, when we've been selfish in the way we've acted towards others, Lord God, When we've been proud and not said sorry, Lord God, please forgive me. And when we've enjoyed good things and and not acknowledged a generous God, Lord God, please forgive me. Great, well please take a seat. I wonder if any of the children can tell me why they're excited about today. Come on. Because singing songs, that's a good answer. Not the one I was looking for, but a great answer. Probably better than the one I was looking for. Any of the children want to tell me what they're excited about today? You're all too good, because it's Easter. Good. Tell me a bit more about Easter. Why do you like Easter? You get chocolate. There we go. They're too well taught here. You get chocolate. Right. Do you know that chocolate that you enjoy, that we're going to eat some of today, grows on that tree there? It's called a cacao tree. You get them all over the tropics. And that's amazing because your chocolate grows inside those bright coloured pods. So I'm going to tell you a few interesting facts about the chocolate you're going to enjoy today, just so that you enjoy it a bit more, okay? That's how chocolate grows. You get a between 40 and 60 cacao seeds inside every one of those pods. And the amazing thing is they don't grow on the branches of the tree. They grow on the trunk. When you take your 40 or 60 cacao seeds out of one of those pods, that's what they look like, and then you can roast them and dry them, and then you can add lots of healthy things like sugar and butter and milk, and you mix it together, and it makes chocolate. Okay, here's another interesting fact. 
Back there on the top left is called a cacao monkey. Now, they're not very nice. If you've ever been to Africa, they always come and steal your food. But they're brilliant because what they do is they break into these shells and they spread the seeds everywhere. And that's how it helps the trees to grow up in other places, to pollinate, and then to continue to produce more chocolate. So actually, you like these monkeys. And can anyone tell me what that horrible insect is underneath the monkey? Mosquito. They're the horrible things that bite you. But actually, they're really good because I'll tell you what they do. They help pollinate the tree. That means they help the trees to reproduce to make more chocolate. So next time you want to kill a mosquito, think twice. (laughs) They're helping you to produce the chocolate that you enjoy. Do you know you can get chocolate-covered crisps? I tried to buy a pack of these, but our treasurer wouldn't have been happy, so I didn't. They're 50 pounds on Amazon. You can get them in from America. You can get chocolate-covered sweets. A couple of other things. Do you know M&M's? Anyone like M&M's? Mm-hmm. Yep. You like M&M's? This is the only one I can throw, so I'll throw them up to you and someone can help you catch them. Daddy, can you help? Oh! oh. oh. <laughs> Do you know, that's exactly what happens in pantomimes. You're on the balcony and the chocolate's full. But Jaden, don't worry because the people down here will give them to you. We can't have a little boy going home unhappy. Do you know M&M's, little facts, they were invented in 1941 during World War II because they wanted a chocolate that wasn't going to melt easily in the sun. A little fact for you. Last one. Does anyone like dark chocolate? My wife's hand went up very quickly. There's got to be a perk to being a pastor's wife. There you go. Do you know a square of dark chocolate is actually really good for your health? So uh, you eat, eat dark chocolate every day. Apparently it releases brain chemicals in, uh, chemical waves in your brain that helps you to relax. So if you're ever stressed, a square of dark chocolate's the way forward, okay? <laughs> That's all a bit of fun. Chocolate, you're going to enjoy it. But as you eat chocolate in life, you're going to particularly today think of one of these, an Easter egg. It's a chocolate egg. Now this has been produced because it's a tastier version of a real egg. <laughs> But you see, what is a real egg? Why is an egg a symbol of Easter? Think about an egg. Inside an egg is a chick, a baby chicken. And when a mother hen sits on the egg and eventually it breaks out of the shell, it's a sign of new life, isn't it? And the reason that we have Easter eggs at Easter is because Easter is a sign and a time of new life. Do you want to read to us a Bible verse? Stay. I want to read to us a Bible verse about Easter. Uh, Peter, who was one of... Um, the disciples who uh, first witnessed the resurrected Lord, he wrote a letter, and he wrote this in his letter. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And it's that hope, and it's the new life that Jesus offers each of us if we'll accept it, which is why we celebrate Easter and why we have eggs, which are a sign and symbol of new life to remind us of everything he's done for us. Well, because we love sometimes to sing about all that he's done for us, the children are going to lead us in a song now. It's one of the songs they've been learning in their Sunday club services, and they're going to come and sing it to us now. So can I ask Grant and the team to come forward, and we'll enjoy the children singing to us for a moment.
Didn't the children do great? Should we give them a round of applause? Great, I'm going to show a little video clip. It's um, a dramatization of the Bible reading today, which I'm going to just be sharing a few thoughts about in a few moments' time. So we're going to watch this, and it'll take us on a journey to the tomb 2,000 years ago, where on Easter Sunday morning Jesus rose again. So have a watch of this little video. After this, Joseph, who was from the town of Alantia, asked Pilate if he could take Jesus' body. Joseph was a follower of Jesus, but in secret because he was afraid of the Jewish authorities. Pilate told him he could have the body, so Joseph went and took it away. Nicodemus, who at first had gone to see Jesus at night, went with Joseph, taking with him about 100 pounds of spices, a mixture of myrrh and aloes. The two men took Jesus' body and wrapped it in linen cloths with the spices according to the Jewish custom of preparing a body for burial. There was a garden in the place where Jesus had been put to death, and in it there was a new tomb where no one had ever been buried. Since it was the day before the Sabbath, and because the tomb was close by, they placed Jesus' body there. Early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been taken away from the entrance. She went running to Simon Peter and the other disciple whom Jesus loved. Take my Lord away. 
Great. Well, that's uh, just a dramatization of the story um, that uh, would have been read uh, from the Bible, from John chapter 20. And it tells us the story about Easter and particularly the time where Jesus rose from the dead. And I just want to share a few thoughts with us. Uh, Earlier, I was talking about chocolate and about eggs and what eggs symbolize, the new life that we enjoy as Christian believers on Easter Sunday. And I just want to share a few thoughts, because as you listened to the short talk earlier, as you watched that video, I guess everyone here is in one of three groups. Some here will say, I understand and know that joy that you're talking about, and I share it with you today. Some people will say, I don't really know that. I kind of know a bit about it, but I'd love to hear a bit more. Uh, Can you tell me? And and some will say, thank you, but no thanks. That's just the reality of how different people respond. But if either of the last two responses are you, I want to just take a couple of minutes this morning to try and persuade you to change your mind this Easter Sunday. One of my great frustrations as a pastor is so many people have um, a stereotype or a thought about what the Christian faith is, but it's not really based on much more than hearsay. Uh, the other day I was at Elm Trees, our new house, and there was a builder there, and we got to know each other. He was doing a great job. I was in my study working away. He just shouted out through to me, um, so how did you get into God then? I almost fell off my chair. 
I was thinking, that's a great opportunity to some, share something of what I believe. I love talking to people who want to listen, but there was an opportunity on a plate. So I said to him, sorry, I think I misheard you. Did you want a cup of tea? And he said, no, how do you get into God then? Uh, so I told him a little bit about my story, and we chatted, and he told me about his family and where they live, just in another village, and I told him about our church here, and we just had a great conversation over a cup of tea, very natural, very easy. But as I was talking to him, it became clear to me that he is a typical example of someone who's made up their mind about Jesus without really having done much thinking. I'll give you some examples. These are some of the things he said, which are characteristic, I think, of many of us. We people say, well, I'm not interested in Christianity because it's all about some dusty, old, irrelevant book that isn't going to help me today. People say Christianity is all about keeping rules. And I don't want to be keeping rules all the time. It's all about giving money. It's all about getting bored in sermons, listening to people drear on from the front. It's all about people telling me what I can do, what I can't do. Telling me off all the time. Or someone just says, well, all the religions just coexist, don't they? They're all just the same. Just pick one if you're religious and if you're not, it doesn't matter. Now they are characteristic of how so many people in the world think. And therefore, if they think those things, and then they hear about Easter and, Christmas, uh, Easter and Jesus Christ, they think, well, I've made up my mind. I know who I think he is, and I'm not interested. Well, I want to just share three things from the story that you just watched the dramatization of to see if Easter would actually surprise you. Just earlier on in the story, it said this. I'm just going to read from the Bible. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb. Now, the first day of the week was Sunday, because Sabbath was the Jewish day of rest, so no one could do any work on a Sabbath, Saturday. So the first day of the week was the Sunday. And it says, while it was still dark, uh, maybe Mary was very earnest, it's, it's as the sun was just beginning to come up, and as soon as she had the opportunity, she wanted to go to the tomb. Maybe it was dark, and she didn't want other people to see her going. She just wanted some privacy. Mary Magdalene was one of the three women who were at the cross where Jesus died. All the other disciples had legged it, but she was there. She was a loyal follower of Jesus. And she goes to the tomb, presumably to pay her respects, like you would, because his body has been laid in there. But when she gets there, she sees the stone has been rolled away from the entrance. Now, that probably doesn't mean a lot to us. It would be the equivalent of going out to the graveyard and seeing one of the graves dug up. It's complete shock. You don't pull away a stone when there's a tomb and there's a body inside. It looked like they'd been grave robbers, and she was completely shocked. So what she do? She legs it off to the other disciples, and she, she cries out to them, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb. We don't know where they've put him. She's just had the biggest shock of her life, wanting to go for a quiet moment of contemplation, a prayer, some time alone, as you would perhaps go into the graveside of a loved one. And she's got this amazing shock. There's no body in the tomb. Well, perhaps you could be shocked this Christmas. Just three things to think about. The first thing you saw in that story is that Easter is an offer of peace. I don't know if you notice when Jesus appeared before his disciples, here are the words. Jesus came to them and he said, peace be with you. Do you see that there? Twice. An interesting thing to say, isn't it, when he's just come back from the dead and appeared to his disciples. Peace is the first thing he wants to share with them. We live in a world that is restless, don't we? And we all, in different ways, are crying out for peace. Uh, you, we were just praying earlier about Kenya, and you see all these atrocities that are taking place every day, and it's just horrible watching, isn't it? We're crying out for peace in our own life. Perhaps you've witnessed the rat run in London. People just want to get higher and higher up on the property ladder, earn more and more money, and that's all that life is about for them. 
Perhaps people are looking for peace in a relationship and it never truly satisfies or this experience or that holiday. All good things that God gives us to enjoy. But the world is a restless world and we're all seeking for some sense of peace in our hearts. Well, the reason that the world is restless is because the world has turned our back on God. We've all said to God, I don't want you in my life. I want to do life my own way. And the reason that the world is messed up and there's not peace is because we've shut out the God of all peace. The God who wants us to live life his way. The God who wants us to know him. But when Jesus rose from the dead, the first thing he said to a broken world that's restless, that's crying out for meaning, purpose, direction, whatever you want to call it, he says, peace be with you. But the most important question is, how is it possible to have that peace? Do you notice what comes right in the middle of those two statements, peace be with you? As he said this, he showed them his hands and side. His hands were the hands that three days before had been nailed to a Roman cross. The side was the side that had been pierced by the centurion's spear to see whether he was really dead. Friends, the way that we can know this offer of peace at Easter is through the cross. Do you know, God's heart breaks that our world is hurting. God's heart breaks that our world is restless. And if your heart is restless... God's heart breaks for that too. And the amazing thing is, on that first Good Friday, when Jesus hung on the cross, there's this amazing swap that took place. This perfect man who'd done nothing wrong, and you and me, who turn our back on God all the time, and yet he hung on the cross, so that I didn't need to. Because God, who's such a loving God, can't just turn his eyes away from rebellion against him. He's too good for that. He has to punish it, and we'd want him to punish it. Because we want God to remove all that's wrong in our world. But the problem is that involves you and me. But Jesus hung on the cross in our place so that we can know peace. Do you know, I came to first understand that for myself when I was about 16. I'd heard it all up here for years, but it became real in here at 16. Because suddenly I had a sense of joy and purpose in my life that didn't depend on my circumstance. I could have a good day or a bad day, but I still knew who I was. I could let God down or have a great day, but I knew I was still forgiven. It's a peace that you can't describe if you don't know it, but it's a peace that he wants to give each of us. That first Easter was an offer of peace. Second thing, Easter is a gift of grace. Grace is a funny word that comes up in the Bible a number of times, and it really means being given something you don't deserve. Now, this is the last bit of chocolate I have. Would anyone like this big bar of dairy milk? Your hand went up very quickly. Fred, it wasn't yours, but I'm sure it will be shared with you. Okay, now, you didn't do anything to deserve that bit of chocolate, did you? I didn't get you doing any press-ups up the front, didn't get you bringing me breakfast in bed. I just gave it to you out of the kindness of my heart and you received it. Now, I held up a bar of chocolate and many hands went up very quickly. I want that, a free gift. Yet when God offers us forgiveness, loads of us just do that. Chocolate, forgiveness... We want the chocolate, but we don't want a loving God to forgive us. That's crazy. But the great gift of Easter is that God gives us the gift of forgiveness freely. It's not something that we deserve. just want to show you that. There's a, a bit of the words um, from our story. It's interesting that the first person who witnesses Jesus alive is Mary. Let me explain why. Mary's a woman. In the first century... Uh, women weren't counted at the, at the same as equals in society as men. It's not right, but that's what it was. Uh, particularly in a court of law, a woman's testimony counted for nothing. 
So a woman couldn't testify in the court of law because no one would listen. Very significant then when Jesus comes first to a woman to show himself a risen Lord to this woman who perhaps people were thinking, why would you reveal yourself first to a woman who no one else would count as the most important? Why haven't you gone to a king? Why haven't you gone to a ruler? Why haven't you gone to someone who's really, really important? So society would say. But Jesus comes first to a woman to make an interesting point. He is all about the gift of grace. See, forgiveness, salvation, new life, it's not something you can earn through being good, through going to church, through being generous, though those things might be important. Forgiveness is a gift, just like that bar of chocolate that is held out to you and said, do you want it? All you've got to do is take it. Yet so often in our pride, we want to do things to earn God's favor. We want to do things so that he's pleased with us. And yet Jesus just says, take this gift of life that I give you. It costs me my life, Jesus says, but I give it to you freely. Do you know, a lot of people say, oh, these, these gospel stories in the Bible, it's all a load of rubbish. There was a second century Greek philosopher called Celsus. He wrote a book called The True Word. And it was a criticism of the Christian faith. And he said, the resurrection cannot have been true simply because the first witness was a woman. Such was the society at the time. Listen, if you were in a court of law and you were testifying, why in the world would you use rubbish evidence to prove your point? See, if the gospel writers were making up these stories, they would not have appealed to the witness of a woman, simply because in those times people didn't listen to what women said. The only reason that the first witness was a woman, as the gospel writers record... It's because the first witness was a woman. They're not making this stuff up. They're just recording what happened. And Jesus first came in grace to a woman, offering her life like he offers each of us life. See, Easter is an offer of peace for a restless world. And it's the offer of grace given freely to people who don't deserve it. Last thing before we finish. Easter is an opportunity to respond you notice in verse 21, at the bottom there, it's at the top, Jesus said to his disciples, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. See, this is the incredible truth. If you're someone who sees and understands who Jesus is, those who see are sent. And the great privilege you have as a Christian is to be able to share this news with anyone who wants to listen. It's a great joy. It's a great privilege. It's also a command. I notice if you're that kind of a person and you want to share this great joy that he has first given you, you don't go alone because verse 22 said, Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. It's the most amazing promise that you're never alone, that God is with you. He's with us as a church. But also, it's an opportunity to respond for those who don't yet know that true peace and grace in their heart, who perhaps know about it but have never received it. Do you see at the bottom... Jesus says, if you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you don't forgive them, they're not forgiven. Now, don't misunderstand that verse. It's quite complicated. It's not saying the disciples had the ability to forgive sins, because only Jesus can do it. What it is saying is, when a disciple who has seen the risen Jesus goes out and proclaims him and shares that joy with others, if they bow the knee before him too in humility, he promises to forgive them. And that's the truth for you and me, that if we turn to him in forgiveness and accept his, gift, his offer of forgiveness, we too can be forgiven. So I just want to put it out there for this Easter, to enjoy this Easter time, but perhaps for the first time, Jesus isn't just a myth to you. He's not just someone you know about, but he's someone who is offering you 
the gift of life, the gift of grace. And just like that chocolate bar, he just wants you to reach out and say, I want that for myself. Can I wish you all a very happy Easter? And I pray that this Easter we would know the peace that God gives to a restless world. We'd know the grace that he gives to people who don't deserve it. And we would choose to respond ourselves. We're going to sing to close. And uh, it's a great song, Be Thou My Vision. It's a song that is a song of response saying, if I have understood who Jesus is and if he is my Lord and Savior, I want him to guide me. I want him to lead my life forever. And we'll stand to sing this song with the band as we close. And there will be an offering taking during this song. Um, If you're a visitor, we're just glad you're with us. But if you're a regular here and you like to give in this way, then please do as the bags are passed around. But let's stand to sing and respond to the God who has given each of us life if we have trusted in him. If you're visiting and you want to hear or know a bit more about some of the things I've been sharing with you, just on the way out, there's a bookstall, and the books are there, you can buy them. But on the top shelf, there's some little booklets that people can take away. They're free, they're just to help you to think about the Christian faith. And if you're interested, you're very welcome to take one. Um, Can I also encourage you to stay behind? There's some refreshments served in the hall, and uh, we'd love to get to know you. And uh, I'd just love to wish you, on behalf of our church, a very happy Easter. Hope you have a great time with family and friends today, and enjoy um, celebrating the risen Saviour. Let me close in prayer. Loving Father, we praise you for the opportunity we've had to gather together as your church today. We thank you that Easter is an offer of peace to a restless world. It's the gift of grace to those who don't deserve it and is the opportunity to respond. And I pray that you would help each of us to respond and to worship you as the risen Saviour, Jesus Christ, the King. Amen.